Before we get this episode started, I'd like to take a moment and dedicate this episode to the memory of Smart Mark Shannon. If you have been to any AAW show over the past 10 years, odds are Shannon is who ran Hardcam for Smart Mark Video. And last week, she passed away. I feel like we've had a lot of moments like this lately here on the podcast and here in the community, but Shannon was somebody who meant a great deal to AIW. Personally, in the next couple of weeks, I was looking forward to seeing her and Gary once again. I would always enjoy having conversations with both of them about their drive. And a lot of times with Gary, it was about going to certain buffets and our experiences there. As I look through a lot of my pictures with wrestlers, there's a handful where she's in the background. Some where she's posing, others she's not. Shannon might not have been somebody who was directly a part of this community, but she was well-loved and appreciated by every single one of us. Rest in peace, Shannon. We'll miss you. Hello, everyone. This is the Trey Lamar, and you are now listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today, take everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially after the pilot episode. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review of the first episode of Go For Broke by AIW. And you can find that on IWTV, independentwrestling.tv. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trading Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you ever listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email if you so choose, desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, this is a review of the first episode of AIW's Go For Broke. And of course, I'm not alone. We also have Charlie Butters. Did you enjoy my debut as the Masked Marauder? Um, A, a little short. Uh, well, you know, I was paid off to lose. So he, he paid me handsomely to take the fall. I mean, did, did you get paid to lose quicker or or what? Well, you see, I'm not very good to begin with, so it's just, you know, it, it was just money. He gave me some money, took the payday. Well, you no, know, pin me, pay me. I'm, I'm happy you didn't break your neck this time. Right. And for those who don't know, that's a 100% real story. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, and we also have Jay Gold. Hey, boys. Mr. Butters, Mr. Summers. Happy WrestleMania weekend. I am four glasses of Blue Label in, and I am looking forward to uh, talking with you boys as always. Uh, as as of this comes out, WrestleMania is officially over. We know what happened night one, but we don't know what happened night two. But this isn't this isn't a WWE podcast, so we'll we'll move right along to the independent wrestling scene in Northeast Ohio. Go for broke debut episode. 
quick responses. What were your thoughts on it, Butters? Uh, it was exactly what I wanted it to be, and I'm very happy that we get uh, a bunch of weeks of this. Jay Gold. Uh, the vibes were fantastic. I don't know if you felt it almost coming off the screen, but the uh, I, I felt the the proudness of uh, Ohio and the proudness of the guys who actually put that show together. And you could just feel the um, the enthusiasm and the effort come through the TV. So it was awesome for me. I was really happy to, you know, be coming back to AIW where we're actually going to start to build towards something, even though we weren't there for the shows still uh, getting to go along for the ride and whatever we're going to get, like everything starting here, get to be in the comfort of my own home and watch all my favorite wrestlers in AIW go for a, a championship or what, whatever it may be in this particular tournament. And, you know, we don't give get everybody in every single episode, but still like, you know, we kind of started off the show, like after Steve guy did his opening with a video package with my pick to win it, Dominic green. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's, let's do that. That's awesome. And I didn't expect him to go against Marino, but still I love, I love PME. So like kind of easing back into him and, and you know, AIW as a whole, and then like there's a bunch, just a bunch of other stuff. We'll talk about a lot of the the behind the scenes stuff that they do. Well, not behind the scenes, like actual you know little promo packages, vignettes, and stuff like that. Uh, really, really fun to watch. And for me, like I had a a night of wrestling. It was in between this and watching the the FWF live show, which is from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, which was a lot of Creative Pro guys. And I think between both of them, I was thoroughly enjoyed like watching the AIW school and then watching stuff a lot of the creative pro school and I think those are two two great schools and I think if you're becoming a wrestler that's two great places you should look towards I I have to say Justin absolutely let me tell you something Thursday night 6 p.m. I am it is still light out I am getting dinner ready for the family and my daughter and I sat down and AIW popped on and I tweeted it, but, um, you know, the feeling of springtime, it's still light outside and we get, and I was watching, you know, sup, I, I, not sup, uh, the IWTV showcase of the independence all day. And I watched a bunch of shows and AIW pops on and there was just something almost like opening day of baseball feel to it where Steve guy pops on your screen gives you a rundown you see the back of pv smooth's aiw tracksuit by the way if anyone's listening i want a fucking aiw tracksuit really badly but the the feel of it it almost felt like opening day of baseball where it it popped on it was the perfect time for this show to air and it it was the absolute right time right time for this show to air and i had my family ready to roll I said to my daughter, sit down. We're going to see, you know, daddy's friends get going and everybody's going to get going and we're going to start watching, you know, some good wrestling. And it was just the right time for it. And before we start going forward, you know, I think just to capture the feel of the enthusiasm for it, because um, we all, as we talk about it and, you know, discords and whatever else, I know everybody was so amped up for it that it, it really was just the right time for the show to air. So I can't wait to get into it, but this was the perfect time. It felt like springtime. It felt like baseball starting. It felt like a new season of wrestling, and it was the right time for it. Who did we have on commentary for this show, Jay Gold? Mm. 
Wadsworth and uh, John Thor, as my daughter called him, <laughs> and said, Daddy, his name is John Thor, like the superhero? And I said, yes, Harper, John Thor, he is a superhero. Yep. And it, it made me laugh, and, it, and I hope it made everyone else laugh. But old John Thor was on uh, commentary, and, and Wadsworth knocked it out of the park, as always. I don't know whether it was my TV or whatnot. I, I felt like commentary was a little low for me. Like it, it wasn't at the normal level that I was expecting it to be, but even watching FWF two, I felt the same thing. So I wasn't sure if it was just my TV or whatnot. How did you guys feel about the commentary volume? Maybe it was po- in post. Maybe they did some of it in post. I'm not sure, but I think because of no fans, you don't need Wadsworth or Thorne yelling over people. Mm, yeah. You know? So maybe I think, and that's been the thing with no fan wrestling throughout the the whole pandemic has been like listening to commentators because they don't have to raise their voice to those decibels with no fans underneath them. So, you know, we got like a more subdued sound, but you know, that's, I guess that's, that's what comes with the the unique situation we're in. How about you, Butters? Oh, I thought, um, I thought it was fine. I, I didn't notice any, any issues with it. So, yeah, I, I think Jay Gold might've hit it on the head there. The fact that it was definitely done in post, which I mean, that doesn't mean anything like, that's not a knock, but the fact of they're not talking over fans. And I think like that does like, that is what feels like what, what was missing to me is the fact that whenever you're on commentary live and you got a you know, full house there, you are going to be talking a little bit louder into the microphone. So that would add some decibels to the recording. So you take that away and they're doing in post probably, you know, you know, maybe Thorne's living room or whatever, but it's, it, it makes a lot of sense. So now I can, I can understand why I felt that way about it. But I think also, you know, you, you say that also it's, it's more of a, 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 what do we call it? Studio wrestling. It felt like studio wrestling. You know how NWA does their, their shows in that, in that studio. I think it, it felt, and which is cool. I have no problem with it. It felt a little bit more like studio wrestling because, you know, th- it was like a closed set. So, you know, if you think about like the SUP show, the the announcers were they did get their energy. Like Wadsworth had plenty of energy in the show. It's just that without fans or in a studio closed set, you don't have to raise those decibels o- over what it needs to be. You can tell your story and you don't have to sound like you're screaming over people. I, I would like to see John Thor become the um, commentary um, alter ego of John Thor, <laughs> kind of like how uh, when Booker T was on commentary, he was Black Snow. <laughs> I would like to see that become a thing. So John Thor, I hope we use John Thor all the time. I'm going to see if I have a friend who could draw me a picture of John Thor. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt. I love a good T-shirt. Might as well. <laughs> all right we uh we started the actual show off after steve guy explained everything and we got a little video package of dominic greeny started things off with trey lamar versus mikey montgomery with the duke and i, th- I thought this was a great way to start off the actual show you got trey who has been really making a name for himself over the last couple of years and you have mikey who's done the same thing in a shorter amount of time, but you know, him more with, with the Bitcoin boys. So, uh, they both have something, had something to prove here. And I, I thought it was a really good way to start everything off. What were your thoughts on it, Jay Gold? Uh, I, I, 
I don't know if you, I'm sure you felt the same way, but do you feel that confidence coming from Mikey now? Um, Trey is awesome and he doesn't need to, Trey doesn't need to prove himself to anybody, but honestly, you remember that scene where Mikey's in the corner and he's puffing on the vape. And honestly, I felt a different confidence from him than what I've seen at live shows prior. I feel like he's honed his craft a bit and he's comfortable in who he is. And this match was an absolute banger. Mikey Montgomery has in a year since the pandemic has increased his, and uh, I mean, both of them, both of the Bitcoin boys, but Mikey in this match, especially we'll go to this match only in a bubble, Mikey's confidence and his skill set shined really big time. Trey, forget it. Trey is a star. I mean, let's be honest. Trey is going to be the next big star. I don't know which company is going to take him, but Trey is the next, you know, Trey could go to impact tomorrow and stay there. You know, I know he was in that tournament there, but Mikey, bravo to him. And the Duke always love the Duke. I love the guy. I love him. I love I have always since my brother told me about the Duke on our way out to our first show. He's like, they have a bad guy in AIW named the Duke. He's the worst. Everybody boos him. But Mikey with the Duke is another level that uh, you take Mikey as dead seriously as possible now and good on him. And that match was was at least, you know, if you're going to say to open up a show like this, that's the right match to do. And it it lived up to all the hype. What were your thoughts on the match, Butters? So I'm pretty sure I remember John Thorne saying we weren't going to get any like classic like banger matches out of this show, but I'm pretty sure we got two of them on this show alone. And um, this is something I would expect to see live. Like Trey and Mikey killed it. There was um, the dive off the stage by Mikey over the turnbuckle. It was insane and just Trey is just so smooth and just so crisp with everything. Now he's just, he's getting all of the signature moves. Now when he wrestles, like, you know, he transitions from this to this and, and how he hits his stuff, it all flows real cool. And so I loved seeing a lot of that from him. Um, and that, that growth there that, uh, obviously we were starting to see before the pandemic, but now it's really, he's had time to really hone it and it just, it works for him. Um, the other thing before we go much further in, I do want to talk about uh, what you get uh, money wise, because I, th- I think that's going to play into everything. So if you win, you get a thousand biggins bucks. If you lose, you get nothing. And in tag team matches, no matter the amount of members on each tag team, you each get 500 if you win. So if it's a six man tag, all three members get 500. So I think that's important because that's probably going to come into play. Um, but yeah, back to this match. It was a great way to open the show. And uh, Mass Marauder was up in the Eagle's Nest watching early on. <laughs> and I think that was Dom up there with him too. So I but didn't these, that on my second viewing. These guys were were went all out. And that they was did. the first match of the first episode of Go For Broke. And they were on the outside. I mean... Both of them were doing topes through the through the ropes. I think Mikey jumped off the stage at one point. I mean, these guys were going at it like they like the episode was when the episode ended, the tournament was happening. Like it was, you know, they went. I mean, it, they went all out. Good on both of these guys because that was the best way to showcase AIW from the very second the show the show started. 
And we had uh, Trey Lamar pick up the victory. Uh, I have it down as a, I believe it was a submission, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it was the lion tamer, wasn't it? Yeah, he was actually able to fold Mikey up pretty good with that. It looked uh, a lot like Jericho used to do to Rey Mysterio. And the opening match was eight minutes and seven seconds. Only because I have that pulled up on cage match. <laughs> but it was, and ca- it was and a, cage match eight is never minutes, wrong. Man. That was there was so much action in that eight minutes. Like I said, he said not to expect these crazy. Okay, maybe it wasn't a twenty minute match, but like the the match limit is twenty minutes, so we could eventually get to that real close to that. And this was this was a perfect length match. Like this was great for television. Like I really enjoyed this match. By the way, I, I want to ask you guys: Do you think Steve Guy laid it out? Um, in a digestible format for for everyone to understand how the rules go. So um, we all watched it. We saw Steve Guy open up the show. Give us the rules. Do you feel like you understand exactly what the show offers? I just I like just talking strictly through, you know, what this is going to be. Do you feel like you have a good grasp on how we're going to see this unfold? Absolutely. Yeah. Same. I mean, yeah. I I I just you know the Trey won. There is no, there's no counter up on the screen or anything. So I'm, I'm just, I'm wondering how going forward, we're going to see maybe a scoreboard. I, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's only the first episode. So I'm, I'm sure that there's, you know, there's more to it, but, um, you know, I'd like to see us wondering, you know, how are we going to keep track of Trey Lamar? He just got a thousand, you know, biggins bucks next, you know, when we talk about the next one, you know, I just want to make sure that, um, as we go forward, as far as our reviews, as far as the fans go, we know who's where and how it's going to unfold. But I think that I guess that'll work itself out as we go on. All right, Butters, what happened after this match? All right. So Trey was walking backstage and we had Wes shoulder check him and tell him to, to watch out. So, I mean, that's they're, they're building something there, obviously. And then we had a, a hype video for Marino. And then we got into the next match. I wish we could use that. Thing. I mean, they could have used that theme like normal, but I don't know. That's a that's a different topic. <laughs> uh, next match, we had Wes Barkley versus the Mask Marauder. And uh, this match wasn't very long. Uh, according to Cage Match, two minutes, two seconds. I, I have no problem with jobber matches, especially if this show is going to have if we're building talent here, which is what they're doing. Um, I have no problem with old Wes Barkley putting a beating on the mass marauder uh, who, according to Thorne during the match, uh, Thorne put out the call and the mass marauder answered. And uh, there we go. Uh, almost like almost almost like the zombie in ECW uh, in his first match. I don't remember who he wrestled in his first match. It was the Sandman. Yeah. But <laughs> almost like the Sandman versus the zombie in its first match on ECW on sci-fi. Wes Barkley versus the Mass Marauder brought me back to those days. And uh, Wes put a fucking beating on the Mass Marauder. And um, that's exactly how I thought that match was going to go. Maserati. hitting him and uh, putting an end to him and it was quick and it was easy. And sometimes you need a good uh, jobber match to uh, establish your stars. And of course, Wes is an absolute star. So uh, I like the way that kind of unfolded. What are your thoughts on the butters? 
Uh, yeah, man, it was it was a TV style match. Uh, it kind of showed uh, Wes Barkley's strengths, and uh, I don't know, man. Some, something was a little off with with the Mass Marauder. Uh, I'm gonna keep paying attention to him if he shows up some more because I, I got a feeling something something fishy's going on with him. Something didn't feel right with him. I mean, uh, can did, can we talk about Wes's? Uh, uh, I forgot what the what's the term? Uh, uh, his Conan style. Uh, almost like a a front roll into a clothesline tequila sunrise or whatever Conan used to call that move uh, clothesline. I mean, Wes executed perfectly and uh, put him down. And I don't know what you're talking about on the other side, Charlie, but uh, (laughs) I think Wes uh, put a beating on the mass marauder and he made it look good. Yeah, I mean, he he busted out a bunch of... uh... Moves I haven't seen since WCW. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe some TNA stuff in there too, but yeah, I mean, you know, he had the strut, he did the stroke. Hey, I was controlling Wes for my Fire Pro. That's why he did exactly <laughs> what I wanted him to do. <laughs> I don't know. If my guess of anything, if uh, the Mask Marauder is anybody, it's uh, Mance Warner because he already has a history of, you know, wearing a mask. Not very possible. I feel like he would have put up more of a fight though. I don't know. It's my understanding the Mass Marauder is very close with the uh, Conquistadors. And if you really want to know, you have to go drive to Tijuana and talk to the Conquistadors to get your answer about who the Mass Marauder really is from them, as they are living in a trailer somewhere and they are minding their own business. <laughs> the Mance Marauder. <laughs> All right, we, we've already talked longer, talked longer about this match than the actual match. So, uh, uh, yeah, within, you know, two minutes, two seconds, Wes Barkley gets the win. It's very, very quick match. What happened after this match, Charlie? So we get Wes coming through the curtain and, uh, he bumps into PB and he tells PB that he just beat a guy about his size and, you know, talks a little trash and JB shows up in a towel. They talk some trash and, uh, PB gets ready for his match and we get a Josh Bishop hype video. Well, let's well let's let's talk about this first. Um, the the behind the stage or behind the scenes, we'll call it like quote unquote behind the scenes after the match ends. I honestly think that adds such a cool piece to the show. The um, as I've to- as I mentioned to you boys last week, the battle dome aspect of this show, the keeping in keeping the continuity from match to backstage i love i love that it almost feels like remember saturday night's main event roddy piper backstage they do a um what was it the orange relay where piper has to take the orange and then he puts it in elizabeth's neck they have to pass it from neck to neck and the iron sheik is on the other or he might be on the other team where he's with piper i love when the continuity from the ring spills to the back of the ring and I think seeing Wes bump PB or bump Trey or see other things as we go along, we'll talk about that later. But seeing the other stuff, so to speak, quote unquote stuff backstage really adds another layer, which makes this really feel like a TV show slash high stakes game. And that that's awesome. And I think that really if we're going to review the show. We got to talk about the production of this backstage, these backstage pieces where 
we're getting a glimpse into what's happening after they're done with their matches, how they're going to um, interact between each other. And Maserati with the big mouth running his mouth, whoever's around, seeing guys go in and out of that backstage green room, you know, whatever that is, where they go up the steps and go into the green room. It's a really, really good part of this show. And I think um, as we go along in the show, those pieces are going to add a lot, are going to add a lot of color and a lot of um, backstory to what we're going to see as we go along. I'm curious if we like some of those smaller things we see with those segments, whether they lead up to something like later in the episode, we see razor sharp standing back there. Okay. Does that mean he's going to have a match later on? And then something that I picked up on the Duke was talking to Ethan Wright uh, backstage. Does that mean that the Duke might be eventually down the road managing Ethan Wright or maybe Ethan Wright helps out the Bitcoin boys in some of their matches. Um, or, or hell, maybe uh, he lays down in some of his matches. I don't know. I'm trying to, that's something that I kind of notice. I'm like, what's Ethan Wright talking to the Duke about? Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that those, those small nuggets right there almost is like, as we talked about an extended universe, if you remember the last, when we talked about our preview show, will it spread into live shows or whatever it will? Will these backstage segments or, you know, reality show type um, filmings lead to where we're going to go? You know, and that's that's a really uh, fun thing to think about, because Wes really did make a lot of enemies in the first episode. And then after the Josh Bishop video, we moved on to the next match. Next up was PB Smooth versus Riley Rose. Riley Rose, someone we've never seen in AIW, kind of much like the Mass Marauder, but there's a little bit of more information of uh, uh, Riley Rose. Like I know he is on Twitter at Real Wild Irish, so you can look a little bit more into him. But uh, yeah, the, this was also a very, very quick match. One minute and four seconds long. PB picks up the victory very quickly, so... Any thoughts on this very quick squash match? Another one, which, I mean, I don't mind them. It's kind of cool to see, but also, like, this was like, okay, who, here's a new, uh, here's somebody else that we've never seen in AIW who is potentially a student. I think we're going to see that throughout this series, and I'm looking forward to it. And great shape and reminiscent of uh, Saturday morning uh, wrestling superstars type of match. And honestly, Justin, I love love the squash matches i love them and i'm sorry to use a stupid like uh wrestling like mark term like a squash quote-unquote squash match i love seeing guys like pb um do what he's supposed to do against a guy like riley rose that no one has seen right now riley rose will get his time to shine in a match somewhere with aiw if this is what they think of him and his light and his career kind of gets on track. Just like in NXT, we saw a guy like Juice Robinson get beat up a lot, and then he went to became CJ Parker, and then he became whatever he did. And then when he left NXT, he became Juice Robinson, whatever. But Riley Rose, great shape, looks good, is not ready for a guy like PB, the former AIW heavyweight champion, absolute champion, should take Riley Rose and bury him in the mat, and that's how that match should end. 
but it worked perfectly for what these guys need to do. Get those biggins bucks, bury Riley Rose, and move on to the next thing, and then go into the back, and then we get a chance to see PB and do what he's going to do. But I honestly, let's talk about let's let's step back from a second from that match and just talk about the presentation because each guy. I don't know what you guys think. I, I and I and I think let's stop for a minute talking about the matches. But tell me what you guys think about the presentation of each guy coming out with that split screen. Uh, Steve Guy doing the announcer, you know, seeing the whatever it is, the PayPal, the Venmo, whatever on both sides of these guys and seeing them come out through the curtains. Doesn't it give you almost like a video game feel or, you know, a um, some sort of almost like a, a blood sport tournament, not blood sport, Josh Barnett, blood sport movie, uh, almost like an eight bit tournament feel when you get a chance to see like the curtains and both guys come out before Steve Guy really announces them. There's just something so different about the presentation that um, I think we should address before we move on to the next match. What what are your guys' opinions on how they presented each match starting with Steve Guy? Before Steve Guy announces each of them, you see them come through the curtain, and I think there's something kind of almost movie-like or um, video game cutscene to them coming through this uh the sets what do you guys think of that i as i like normally the regular entrances i wish they were you know one after the other you know with music and everything but i think this is also like it helps cut down time uh it does give it a different feel um i'm not necessarily happy with it but i'm not i don't really hate it either it's just kind of like it it happened for whatever reason that's also like they don't have to get necessarily a, a someone there doing sound. So that like helps it make it be a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a, there's that part of wrestling that I love that it's the music. So if they were coming out one after the other with music to me, that would be something I wouldn't mind seeing, but it, it is what it is. I'm not making a big deal about it. Well, but, but go for broke is more of a reality slash wrestling show. So do you think that, I mean, as an, as people who have looked at this from an outside perspective now going into this, it's a new concept. So give me your honest opinion on the presentation of it. Like that split screen, do you think it's a, an interest? like I find it to be a very interesting concept of almost like a video game concept where here come your two competitors and we're going to introduce them like this. We don't need frills. We don't need PB coming out to, you know, Jadena or whoever he comes out to. We don't need Riley Rose's music. We're giving you the split screen. A is going against B, almost like a video game, and here they come. Um, do you think that it? Uh, I feel it works, and I, I like to see it. And I can, I'm I'm looking forward to that as the way to bring these guys out because yes, there are no fans. We don't need slapping fans on your way down to the ring, right? We don't need um, you know the big fanfare. I feel like it really works in the capacity that it's in, do you, you know, do you think that it almost gives it a, a virtual reality video game type of feel, right? Like, that's just what I, I, I'm just, I wanted to kind of analyze all the pieces of what this show brought to us because it was so different. You know, I, I really think it's a different concept. So I think if we look at it like that, do you think that it, it works for what it is? So um, does it give you that feel? How do you feel about it, Butters? I think it's, I mean, yeah, I like the, I like 
like you said, I like the music and that kind of stuff, but for what this show's going for, the uh, you know, showing who who they are, him announcing them, their stuff coming up on screen, it fits exactly what they need to get out of it. Uh, they don't need to do the whole, you know, intro thing that could take, you know, a couple minutes here and there. They they really shave the time with that. And I think that it made it clear and concise who each guy is by having Steve Guy announce them specifically, uh, their information up on the screen. I think that's good. I think that it it, it all fits with how it's, it's it's clean and concise. I mean, I feel like that's what they were kind of going for with it. Um, maybe a little bit too overproduced in my opinion, but it, it looks, it's fine. I mean, it's, I, I like what they've done with it. Like I'll get used to it. Any, uh, any other thoughts on PB smooth versus Riley Rose, the one minute and four second match. Uh, just that it answered my question from the last show. If, if we would see uh, training students on the show and the answer was yes. So, yeah. And something that uh, I noticed early on, and I'm curious of like where we're going to go with this. There's one, student that you see in the opening and she is she's wrestled in the area before um her name is megan myers i'm pretty sure that's her running the ropes at the beginning so i'm kind of waiting for her to pop up and what exactly she's gonna do i think we're kind of on the verge on on a side note of potentially seeing more women's matches a lot more than normal we're gonna have a lot more at our disposal from the iw training academy and as well as within the area. So I'm really curious of where we're going to go with that and who else we're going to see. Does Riley Rose going to get any biggins bucks in this tournament or do we just see him as in, in this capacity? I would I, like to see them take somebody straight out of the Academy and have them go on like a, a, a tear mm-hmm. and get into the tournament and make it to the finals. And maybe they lose in the finals, but you made a star out of them by that point. Like they, they've been ready-made, like they're just golden guy that maybe he, Maybe either he could do that he cheated his way the entire way and found a way to win, or he's, you know, a baby face and he he worked his way and he worked hard and he was able to pull out enough victories to get himself in and gets himself to the finals. I mean, I I feel like they could take that story and really break somebody in with it. And uh, that could be really fun to, to introduce the crowd, uh, the faithful and, and even people that, have never seen before uh really give them a story to to sink their teeth into and uh fall in love with a, a wrestler right out of there and make a star right out right off the rip i think that could so, be really fun so that's a good that's a good point butters like let me ask you something you guys watch american ninja warrior and you see they pick people and they do vignettes on certain people right and some of those people fail right they fail miserably they're out in the first round some of those people go on other people, they do no vignettes on, and these people end up being in the final. So do you think that there will be any wrestlers, any students, that we don't see these Steve Guy vignettes where they really flesh out their character? And then these are the guys, and one guy may make it to the tournament. Like, let's say Riley Rose, right? We don't see one vignette, but Riley Rose Three weeks down the line, wins two matches, gets two thousand big in bucks. Uh, May fifteenth, Thorne declares this is over. We're going to start the tournament. Do you think that we will see anyone who might not have a pre-produced package make it to the tournament? That's that's a question. Do you think we will see that or no? I'm not pontificating on who, but do you think that we might see that happen? I'm going to go with no. 
only because okay. like, even in, in like this episode, we only saw like real vignettes from Dominic Greeny and Marino Tanago. Yeah, there was kind of a hype one for Bishop, but it wasn't necessarily done the same way uh, Dom and Marino were. But there's still like on this card, Trey Lamar, Wes Barkley, PB Smooth, people who won, who could get that. And then like of the people who lost, you'd figure we'd get that with Mikey Montgomery if he gets into a main event. We don't know anything about the Mass Marauder. That could be interesting if they went that route. And then Riley Rose would be the one like, okay, that's a, somebody we know who's training. And we don't know much about either. But I'm going to go with there's more people that we know that will get that. Because you're going to have to get a main event spot by the look of it. Right. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Do we see more Casey Catanzaro's or less, you know, or more of the other people, you know, because... Casey Kenzaro and American Ninja Warrior got a million vignettes, went on to the end. I think she either won or became one of the, the finalists. And so there were some others who didn't get those vignettes and made it to the end. So I'm just throwing it out there, just kind of thinking out loud about how the show could play out as we go. But a guy like Riley Rose, who looked great, you know, physically, um, his gear looked on point and, and things, you know, maybe he just was put in the wrong match so to speak, you know, cause uh, I mean, PB's a monster. I don't, you know, you weren't going to beat PB in that match, but it, it's fun to kind of think maybe one of these students could use this as a, a springboard, but maybe we need to see that in a couple of their episodes. Anything more on this match? Mm-mm. All right, butters. What do we have after this? Oh, we got to meet the Duke. Who? The Duke. Yes. That's it. Are you going to put in booze there? Cause that's, we should put in booze. <laughs> I don't. Do, do I have booze on here? I I love I love the fact that the Duke at the end goes, uh, "These kids or whatever." He said they haven't seen anything like me. Wait till they get a load of me. Love it. Love love the Duke. Love the psychological aspect of what the Duke brings to all of this. I I and and between the three of us fellas, and I've been coming to AIW for only about four years. I've never seen the Duke actually wrestle a full match. I cannot wait to see the Duke in a singles competition, whether it be against uh, a student jobber, a whatever he's going to do. I am looking forward to it because the only thing I've ever seen was Duke in 2017 when he was 2017 or yeah, 2017. My brother and I saw him versus Thorne open up gauntlet for the gold. Uh, That was the only time I've ever seen Duke in a ring. I'd love to see him, you know, I can't wait to see what he, you know, what he will bring to a uh, uh, a show like this and his underhandedness, <laughs> his Cruella DeVille underhandedness will bring to uh, to this show. So that's going to be kind of cool. I mean, he's wrestled, but I don't know when his last like one on one match was because he he technically did wrestle last year. He was a part of. uh I assure you were open. It was the mm-hmm. Alley Cat, uh, Levi Everett, Nate Webb, and Swaggle versus Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham, the Bitcoin Boys, and the Duke. But other than that, like, like I'm, I'm pulled up, I pulled up his personal cage match, and I'm trying to go through, like, when was the last one-on-one match? Because he's been, you know, he's been in multi-man matches. I think, you know, he won the Haas boot in a scramble. So I don't, I think it's been a while Oh, uh, actually, it was against Wes Barkley. It was October 13th, 2018. Wes Barkley defeated the Duke 
at AIW Zero Cool at the Winchester. But yeah, other even before going back like before that, there's still a lot of like multi-man matches. So I'm curious to see what we see of the Duke uh and on the show other than like being with Mikey, being with Eric. I mean, it kind of really gave us uh, hints at that uh, in his promo. I mean, he talked about being a CPA, which makes me want to see him and Nick Stapp be a team at some point um, on a side note. But also, I feel like, you know, he talks very much about being smart with money. And this is just kind of a side hustle for him. But him being good with money and we're talking about Biggins Bucks. Uh, I mean... He might be able to find some loopholes, and he specifically said that he was going to, you know, find these loopholes that he finds at his normal job. He's going to find whatever he can here to, to to weasel his way into the tournament. So, I mean, we could easily see that. I mean, he could be, who knows how sneaky he could be. I mean, well, I, that's the one thing I'd love to see because they didn't introduce this, and I think the coming episodes, I'm hoping we see that. Um, they did not introduce the possession, so to speak, of Biggins Bucks. So these guys all have to keep track of their own Biggins Bucks. But where is the um, the procurement of said Bucks, <laughs> so to speak? Where are they getting their money? Um, where is it? Is it physical paper? Is it just numbers that we keep track of? Um, we were, we were speculating on how they're going to protect their money. Who's going to steal it. Um, I think in the next episode, I'd like to see them kind of stretch their legs and show me where, um, Biggins bucks come into play. I mean, there was that one shot towards the beginning where you actually saw Biggins bucks. And I know I put a tweet out on my personal Twitter. Like I want, I want a Biggins buck. I, I want one for my personal, personal collection. Cause I thought that would be really cool to have. Right, but they didn't put it into Trey Lamar's hands when he won the match. They didn't put it into Wes's hands. Where are the Biggins Bucks coming so that these guys have to protect? Remember, they said, you, you're you responsible for keeping track of your own money, protecting your money, so where is it? I want to see them. I want to know where they are and how they're holding on to it because that needs to be a major factor in the episodes coming up that these guys have to protect their money. It's in that pay envelope at the end of the show, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the pay window, as Dusty would say. All right, then after this, we moved on to the main event of the show. Marino Tanaglia versus Dominic Guarini. Ooh, was this a fucking match? Uh, just throw out the time because I have it on cage match. 15 minutes and 11 seconds. I love, uh, obviously, Dom getting in into the first main event. Then you got, you know, Marino there, and it's something we kind of talked about in, on the preview episode, whether tag teams are going to be in this. So you have the tag team champions in this and whatever they would necessarily do with if they were to win everything that's it's remains to be seen, but it seems like everybody is trying to go for broke. So what were your thoughts on this match, Butters? Um, and this was, this was exactly like what I was talking about. This was a banger match. Like I thought it was really cool that, you know, how you would take, uh, one half of your tag champions and have them go up against, you know, maybe a guy that's, uh, higher up in the rankings and Dom's definitely in that position. So for them to have this, this 15 minute match out of, out of a 20 minute time limit, I thought it really showed like it didn't, uh, make either guy look weak. I think it was a very, um, back and forth match. 
and uh, I really, really liked the um, the uniqueness of the finish going from the guillotine that Marino had on Dom, and he countered it into what I thought was going to be a brain buster, and he flipped it into his uh, choke and uh, the sleeper and uh, tapped out Marino. So I thought it was exactly what I wanted out of a main event match on a TV show, and uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Butters, I agree with you. This match felt like the 19 early 1990s where you had your tag champs one of the tag champs in a match you have to take him seriously when either one of the bulldogs one of the steiners one of harlem heat one of you know beefcake or valentine would wrestle again or one of the heart foundation whether it be brett or anvil prior to brett blowing up uh you know, one of the rockers, just you take your tag champions seriously. And they are the ones when they when they wrestle one on one, the match is going to be as top level competitive as you possibly could be because they're your champs. And Marino, his vignette, first of all, his vignette brought me to tears because anytime you hear about Marino's mother and what Marino's motivations are for doing for his life. First of all, he's a pure guy. He's a really nice guy and he's a motivated guy. And the fact that he went up with Dom and the two of them went in there and it was basically one versus one a, and that's what you want when you have a tag champs. Like if dynamite kid went up against, you know, let's say the warlord on superstars, you expect a 15 to 20 minute match. Either one of them could win. And it's because your tag champs are champions. They're champions. Marino's a champion for a reason. He has the skill set. So watching Marino and Dom go, it was as realistic and as believable and as hype as you could possibly get. And it didn't matter who won that match because both of those guys are awesome. And whoever won, you could say, yeah, I could see Dom winning this match. And if Marino won the match, you could have said, yeah, Marino, of course, could win this match. He's the tag champ. So it it worked on so many levels. It it just it was the perfect ending. Look, look who I mean, bravo to Thorne and Steve Guy and, and whoever else was a part of writing these up. But book ending trey and mikey and dom and marino in that show in an hour show i mean bravo like that's that's wrestling superstars saturday morning or sunday night heat or whatever you want to do for a tv show it just worked and they put on a an absolute banger and the vignette for marino humanized him to a level where you want to see marino succeed no matter what and the match just was awesome and Without fans, you did not, and I think you guys can agree with me, you did not need fans. It worked. It worked on every level. They didn't have to, like, play to anyone. They just went out there, and they beat the shit out of each other, and there was nothing but um, aggression on Dom's part, and there was nothing but um, determination on Marino's part, and it worked. And I, I think you guys would agree with me to say, yeah, those two items on both those guys, it absolutely worked. What are your thoughts on the match, Butters? I already gave all my thoughts on the match. No, that's right. Josh talked a long time, so I I forgot. <laughs> it wasn't that long. I, it was it was 
It was two, it's three just minutes. Late. That's all. It's one, it's one 30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. Come on now. I'm still drinking. Come on, you guys wake up. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that that's pretty much everything. You know, Dom, Dom picks up the win here, beats Marino. Like I said, 15 minutes, uh, 11 seconds. Uh, Charlie, what happened after the match? So we uh, go backstage again, and we see JB, Josh Bishop, and uh, Wes Barkley taunting Chuck Stone and Arthur McArthur and uh, calling them losers and saying, you know, maybe they should go face uh, Marino T and and them and da-da-da-da-da, and then they're going to leave the building. And uh, as they're leaving... JB and uh, Wes bump into one of our friends, one Mister Twan Tucker, and Wes tries to play that game, you know, shoulder checking people. I don't, I don't think uh, Twan is is one to do that to. I don't think, after, I don't think Big Twan is either. After credits, like a Marvel movie, you had Wes and Bishop run in their mouth, and you saw Old Razor, and uh, you saw um, uh, Chuck Stone in the back of the room and their rate and uh bishop the shooters are are just talking crap to everyone and they get to the hallway and and all of a sudden you see in a suit old twan tucker it's been a year guys there's twan he's back and uh maybe west bit off more than he can chew bumping into twan and i like that and and justin and charlie i hope you guys agree with me i like that after Marvel after credits uh, feel to the end of this episode where uh, you didn't know it was going to happen. And bam, there's Twan. And I hope that on at the end of every episode, you either get some sort of after credits or some sort of um, peek at what's to come. But it was really, to be honest, it was really nice to see Twan. I hadn't seen Twan since uh, maybe June, right? Or July. Um, where he wrestled Dom in ICW. And I think it was really nice to see Tuan back on uh, AIW TV and uh, showing himself in a suit and uh, ready to roll. He looked really angry after Wes gave him the old shoulder check. Um, but I think it really gave you that after credits feel. And that's that's cool, man. I, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I want to say the last time we actually seen Big Tuan was... In a match, it was AIW, baby, it's too cold outside. And at a show, was AIW built to last? Because I don't think he was at Hey Yo, and he was not at any of the indie shows. Well, he was at that. He he did that blow off with Dom, that death match at ICW um, in Jersey. I think it was July. Well, I'm, I'm, so talking, that, I'm talking about AIW. Not yeah, ICW. I'm just saying the last time we actually saw Tuan in a, actually wrestle a match completely. So it's nice to see him kind of, you know, getting himself ready to go again. But yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't seen him in, in so it's it has to be, in AIW, it has to be, you know, eight, nine months. And, and then in, just in wrestling in general, it has to be six, seven months. No, AIW is over a year. Built to last was uh, February Wow. of uh, okay. 2020. Yeah. And that, that was last time he, we saw him, but he was in the Team Cap versus Team AIW match. Yeah, I mean, I I, I haven't seen, yeah, you're right. I haven't seen Tuan in, in a year in AIW's ring, but it's great to see him back. And I think I love the way they introduced him, don't you? Don't you think that was like a very clever way to get him back into the mix? Oh, yeah. Um, I like uh, him 
showing up. And I, there's things that I want to see done with him. I won't get into it right now because I don't know if it is necessarily going to happen, but it's kind of, it's definitely wishful thinking for me. And I think it could fix what could potentially be an, an issue, but we'll, we'll get to that if it happens. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, are you guys looking forward to this next episode? I mean, how can you not be it? It, this, we we're here now talking about it. Now that you guys have seen it, this show, um, ex- exceeded the expectations of what we wanted. Um, if you ask me, um, there was a little peek at the, uh, uh, next episodes as far as who's coming, who we're going to see wrestle. So we know the Duke is supposed to be there next week. Bishop, um, did I forget anybody as far as who's supposed to be actually on the show? Um, I think it's just Bishop and Duke that we're now I'm going to guess we're definitely going to see big Tuan in some capacity, whether it be something backstage or something in the ring. Yeah. So, but we're going to see Duke and we're going to see their champ, you know, their double champ lay it down next week. And I think that's really exciting. Um, and I think, uh, um, I'm looking forward to, how it's going to play out next week. But I think they laid the foundation for a very um, exciting and a very interesting show. As you, I don't know if you guys remember when we talked about in the preview, uh, almost like uh, a Marvel universe slash, um, um, you know, we're, we get to speculate on the canon that's going to be laid out for AIW going forward. It's kind of fun to think about, Hey, um, how is this going to play out next week? Because we're not going to get uh, a, a 35 or 60 second Steve Guy intro to the whole show. We're not going to need rules. We know what's happening. Um, who knows as far as what we're going to be introduced to, but at least we know the champ, Bishop's going to get on. The Duke is we're going to see. And um, it's time to start seeing guys collect those biggins bucks. So each week now, now that we know the rules, we're going to get a chance to see people start collecting or losing and see where we go from there. So that's, that's super exciting. How are you feeling about the next episode, Butters? Oh man, I, I have no interest in watching it. I think one was enough for me. I don't need any, I don't need nine more episodes. It was, <laughs> uh, of course I'm excited for it. Uh, this was a good, uh, good starter. And uh, the only thing I, I dislike is that I can't binge watch them. So uh, I, I'm, anxiously waiting for Tuesday. How do you think they're going to introduce Mephisto? <laughs> I think, I think, uh, us agent is going to take, uh, a serum and he's going to go to a different dimension because of that serum. And that's how we'll get Mephisto. IWTV hitting that Disney plus model where you got to wait week after week before Mephisto finally comes out at the end of episode nine or episode 10. I don't know if I think it's the penultimate episode. You're supposed to get the reveal. All right. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Jay gold. Oh, no. Jay gold 12 on Twitter. I, I, I am super excited for the show and I hope everyone this week, by the way, guys, I hope everyone had a really good WrestleMania week. Uh, all you boys, I know you're hearing this after WrestleMania week, but all you boys did awesome. I loved watching IWTV. Um, I loved watching all the shows that were put out. Uh, Dom, Kevin Koo, you guys, you guys brought it to another level uh, for that uh, match against Finjuice, and you guys deserve 
a lot of credit um, for what you brought uh, to the independent wrestling world for that match. So thank you. And guys, I am so glad I got to watch WrestleMania and IWTV this week uh, and whatever shows we were watching together, the three of us and all the boys. It was a lot of fun this week. So um, I look forward to AIW keeping my life sustained with this show until I see you guys at the end of the month. So let's do it. It was great. I can't wait to to talk to you guys about this on uh, after Tuesday. How about you, Butters? Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Butters. Uh, my podcast, IWTV Guide. Um, just doing more reviews there. Uh, I have been doing interviews. I have one up with Dom right now. So if you guys are interested in that, check that out. We talk about this show, uh, how it kind of came about. Talk about a bunch of other like future projects and stuff he'd like to do. Um, and, you know, I had a goal, uh, you know, between you and I talking, we ha- I had a goal of doing 12 interviews this year. Uh, I'm on track to completely blow 12 interviews out of the water uh, before we even hit August. So um, I'm excited that I get the opportunity to sit down and talk with a bunch of different people and, and learn their stories. And uh, yeah, so that's a side project that you'll be seeing if you if you follow IWTV Guide. Those will be bonus episodes that come out usually on Friday, uh, maybe on Saturday. And uh, there's going to be lots of different people from all over indie wrestling uh, that you may never have heard of that, you know, you might be want to take a look at and keep an eye on. So what you're saying is you're on a tear. Yes, I am on a tear with my interviews. And of course, you can find myself at jsummers330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose a desire, wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe your Everless in this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Podbean, wrestling cheers.podbean.com. And you can find all the links for all the social media and every place you can find the show in our link tree in this episode's show notes. You can also check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, The Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mics, Dark Match Podcast, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, The Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hio, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, unless you're the mass marauder. Later. It's the Wrestling Cheers. 
get up on your feet Praying in your day in the middle of the week And you gotta love the show Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast Talking wrestling in Ohio Finishing a cold one, take a load off We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh So we cheers and then we sit back Other shows are in the trash Kinda like they Nick Stapp Like the name is Matt Justice Wearing all the gold Wrestling cheers is coming to a close The number one podcast going in the game And one day everybody's gonna know the name It's the Wrestling Cheers This is Platinum Max Signing off Ohio Good night The world Good night We love you We'll see you next week